Hi, I'm Leah Potter. And I'm Meredith Roten, and we're two news editors at the GW Hatchet. This is the Hatchet's weekly podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It, covering the happenings around Foggy Bottom and GW's campus. So I'm here with Sarah Roach, our student life editor, and Sarah, there's been some changes to the colonial inauguration orientation that all students go through, and I know you sat down with Lori Kohler, um, and can you tell me who Lori Kohler is, first of all, and what did she talk about? What are the changes? Yeah, so I sat down with uh, Lori Kohler, who's the senior vice provost of enrollment in the student experience, and Casa Salamu who is the Dean of Admissions, and they were sort of leading the the charge to change orientation from a series of sessions between June and July to just one single session in, in August. Um, so that will start on August 21st and go right up until the first day of classes. It'll combine events that were traditionally held in the fall, like um, the convocation ceremony with um, University President Thomas LeBlanc, freshman day of service, events like that, you know, as well as some other changes that are going to include family programming again. So that is the main change. Yeah, and so this is obviously completely different from what it was previously. So where where did the push to do this come from? It was based on some research between peer schools. Nine of the university's peer schools use fall orientation model. They sort of evaluated colonial inauguration, which is what um, orientation was previously called. Mm-hmm. Um, and officials sort of just decided that this would be the best fit. It's also just more financially viable for families who don't want to travel back and forth from campus like multiple times before they even start classes. You mentioned that it used to be called colonial inauguration. Is there a new name for the event? So they're also changing the name from colonial inauguration to new student orientation. Um, and the main reason behind that is basically that it was just something that families are familiar with and it's something that new students are familiar with, just that name. Is there still going to be a colonial cabinet? So a lot of the the specifics of the actual orientation and what will actually happen during the days that students are there are still being worked out. So officials created seven committees um, and they're each tasked with working out the details of, of different elements of orientation. So there's one committee that will focus on family programming and there's one committee that's that will focus on academic advising services and things like that. A lot of those details like whether Colonial Cabinet will still be there and what that will look like might be different, but officials don't know that yet. So. What are the ideas that they're throwing around right now? Yeah, so they have a couple ideas in mind of Of course, it'll go from like a couple days to five days leading up to the first day of class. Um, And then another idea was that they would um, they would have the entire class spell out GW in University Yard. And then the following year, they can do the same thing on the National Mall. But they have to request it a year in advance. So they weren't able to do it this year. The student experience is something that's been harped on, I think, since President LeBlanc got here. He made that one of his main priorities. And how does that focus play into um, Lori Kohler and Costas Salamu's focus on this orientation? Kohler mentioned that, so the Office of Enrollment and the Student Experience, which is a new office that combines um, enrollment and student affairs divisions. After that formed, Kohler said, you know, we have more opportunity to look at things that we could do to make the university, make campus life more student-centered. So these are one of the ideas that they were able to come up with because they had this this main focus um, among officials and faculty and staff and and student leaders who they brought into that conversation. So the the decision has been in the works for a few months now. Thanks for talking to us about the new orientation, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Hello, this is Ariana Dunham. I'm a producer on this podcast, and today I'm filling in for Leah, our usual host. I'm here with Meredith, and she's going to fill us in on the results from the Disney Institute Culture Survey. Um, So can you first just fill us in, give us a brief overview of what that was? Yeah. So this assessment is something that was announced last fall. President LeBlanc uh, has always said that he's a data guy, and in order to fix the culture issue that he has seen and staff and other employees have told him that is exists, he has to have the data on it. So he started out in the fall and purchased a $300,000 culture assessment from the Disney Institute, which is kind of a, an offshoot of you know the Disney company. And that started out with a survey of every employee on campus um, and off campus, every employee at GW, and 55% of employees participated in that. And after that, it was followed up by interviews and focus groups. It's been something that's been, President LeBron has been talking about since he arrived on campus, that he has heard that it's a transactional culture and students as well as faculty and staff feel that there is not a deep meaningful connection and people don't want to help they people don't want to help uh the people that they're supposed to be helping they rather would just like to do the tasks that they are assigned and not they don't see like the long term and so those were the issues that people were bringing up before the assessment did the Mm -hmm. assessment sort of show that that was what was going on yeah and and what the assessment did was kind of break that down into more manageable things other than because that, that's kind of a vague thing, right? But the assessment broke it down into here are four themes is what, they, what they're called or what President LeBron called them. Four themes that were the main issues and then also some things that employees said the university was doing well. What were the four main themes? The first one was inconsistent leadership behavior and accountability. And President LeBlanc described that as when employees see leaders not being held accountable, it sounds, it seems like kind of a basic thing, but basically that there is no example to follow because they might see that their their higher ups are not being held accountable for what they're doing. The second area was communication and collaboration challenges. So that was that sounds kind of vague, but basically President LeBron said that employees in the survey and in interviews and focus groups said that in their own departments, they were receiving the support that they felt they needed and they felt like there was clear communication, but there wasn't a clear communication between departments or between divisions and they felt like they weren't able to work together. And so he said that's obviously a challenge because how can you perform the big picture, how can you achieve the goal of making sure every student has an amazing experience if you don't know what that big picture is, if you can't work with other people to achieve that. Um, And the third was inadequate faculty and staff appreciation. And that is anything from not being thanked um, and also, you know, not being thanked with like salary and benefits. Challenges to service excellence is the fourth theme. And that also sounds kind of vague, but it really just goes back into this student experience that no one knows what it is or what it's supposed to be. The main challenge that he's been focusing on since he arrived on campus has been, what is the student experience? How can we improve it? Because our students are saying they're not having as much of a student experience as they feel like they could other places. And this assessment also looked at what the university is doing well, so what are some of those things? 
Yeah, so these things are kind of almost like the mirror image in a way of what is going wrong according to the assessment and that is the employees said that they like the focus that LeBlanc is showing for the student experience and trying to fix that and they like his commitment to fixing the culture and so they said that they really appreciated that he was trying to uh, he was making an effort there and recognizing that something was wrong and they also did mention um, the support that they were receiving in their immediate departments Uh, LeBlanc kind of described like a siloed culture in which, you know, people had their own pockets of culture and they were pretty happy within those, some some departments were really happy within those silos, he called them, and so it just goes back to the inconsistent experience, but in some, in some cases the inconsistent experience was a positive one. And now that we have these results, what did LeBlanc say he was going to do to make improvements? Yeah, well, the in the fall, the culture leadership team was assembled, and that's headed by the chief finance officer, uh, Mark Diaz, and some other members, including faculty and other administrators. And they're in an early process of developing something to counteract the negative things that were seen in the assessment, but there's no kind of like deadline for that. And uh, President LeBon says they it's really important that they dedicate their time to trying to fix it now that they know what's actually wrong. Thanks, Meredith, for keeping us updated on this. No problem. I'm here with our culture editor, Lindsay Pollen, and we're going to be talking about some cannabidiol products that are all over D.C. Yeah, so cannabidiol, more commonly known as CBD, is a legal non-hallucinogenic component of marijuana or the hemp plant that has become in really recent years a really popular remedy for things like anxiety, depression, stress, insomnia, Um, and there are also physical benefits for it in things like lotions and oils that can be incorporated in different ways like through massages So it comes in like a variety of forms. There are gummies, lotions, oils, um, capsules, and there are even CBD jewel pods. Not made by (laughs) jewel, but they're compatible with jewel. So where did you go? Yeah, so I personally went to Gregory's Coffee because I was taking pictures for the story. And Gregory's Coffee is just off campus right on L Street. It was about like a 10 minute walk from here. And I had their hashtag CBD latte, which I got iced and it's an iced latte with coffee, oat milk, and strawberry syrup. And then there's also like five to six drops of CBD oil. And so when I went to go drink it, like it was very tasty, but I personally didn't feel any effects of it. And I was reading more about that. And a lot of places say in order to feel the effects of it is to incorporate it every day into your life. Where else can you get CBD products in D.C.? So, in U Street, there is a specialty CBD tea shop called Key Kratom, and it's also an herbal shop and health market. Um, And they have three kinds of CBD teas. There's a white one, a red one, and a green tea one. And I found this place really interesting because each variety of tea has, like, a different effect. And so if you go on their website, you can see that, like, one variety of tea, the green tea is the most stimulating, whereas the red tea is the most relaxing and the white tea is supposed to be most euphoric. And this is like a little bit on the pricier side. Two ounces is $30, 
but it will make you 20 to 30 cups of tea so it kind of just depends on what you're looking for and so capital hemp is like a hemp it, they sell hemp products and smokeware and adam's morgan and they also have cbd products and along with um cbd pods compatible with jewels and like tinctures of cbd which is like really concentrated cbd that you can like smoke if you put it on a battery um they have cbd honey and my reporter was talking about how you could drizzle it on your toast um before class or put it in your own tea that's not cbd tea and so these honey sticks are 10 milligrams of cbd and they're only three dollars so that's a really easy introduction to so CBD. you can't buy like a jar of you honey. Can, it's like a, oh, you, you can, can buy oh. the jar. So the jar is 250 milligrams of CBD and that's $30. And then 500, 500 milligrams of CBD is $50. So like there's jars and then there's honey sticks. And then you also talked about how you can use CBD oil topically. Where can you find that in D.C.? Yeah, so actually in Georgetown, um, there's a place called Georgetown Massage and Body Work. And in addition to like therapeutic massages and aromatherapy and couples massages they also offer a 45 minute to 90 minute cbd massage and um it's supposed to be anti-inflammatory and help with pain um and they just use a cbd oil that's supposed to be absorbed through the skin during the massage while also like easing the effects of anxiety and stress thanks for talking to me about all the places you can try cbd in the city thanks for having me Meredith. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us on Getting to the Bottom of It. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by news editors Meredith Roten and Leah Potter and features culture editor Lindsay Pollan. This podcast is produced by managing editor Matt Cullen and video editor Ariana Dunham. Music is produced by Olk Studio. Special thanks to Sarah Roach for joining us. See you next week.